Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord of heaven and earth, and the light of nations. This is the Premial Atonement audio podcast for March 19th, 2022, and I am your host, Ron Roper. This is Episode 3, Proclamation of the Premial Gospel in Panoramic Context, my blog post from March 28th, 2012, which you can read at premialatonement.wordpress.com. Every now and then I get the urge to epitomize the whole scope of the creation, fall, redemption pattern that characterizes the Bible as a whole. Maybe I'm strange that way. Anyhow, what follows is one such attempt, written exactly six years ago at the outset of the proliferation of notes on the atonement that now provide the inspiration for this blog site. I simply may have needed to clear away some cobwebs of tradition and then reconnect the dots after my own fashion in order to prepare for a fresh initiative. If so, I succeeded in achieving that aim beyond my expectations. I have newly edited the piece uh, for this blog, a practice I hope to continue for future blogs since there's nothing on earth that can't be improved. The creator of the universe imposed laws for life fruitfulness, and prosperity on the works of his hands. His highest and noblest creature, humankind, was placed in a governing and administrative role over all these diverse creations in order to bring them to even greater glory. To fulfill this mandate, humankind was crafted in the very image and likeness of their creator, possessing sovereignty and authority including the capacity for knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of these created products, which would be requisite for their task of stewardship. However, although equipped accordingly with pristine control over their personal desires, for sovereignty and authority over the whole creation necessarily included that as well, Adam chose to disobey the divine directive that embodied the Creator's wisdom that this environmentally friendly to life. The structural result of that disobedience necessarily followed, eventual death of the organism. For the right to the tree of life stems purely from obedience to the truth, which in turn brings wholesomeness and staves off the entropy of death. Furthermore, God also created another kind of being, spirits, who had their own special tasks to perform in the total economy of the universe. The highest of these beings, whose administrative role in relation to human salvation also entailed a great measure of sovereignty and authority, had ominously rebelled against God, bringing vast ranks of these spirits down with him, who in turn became agents of temptation to mankind to achieve their hostile takeover of Earth's rule. Nonetheless, God's ultimate blueprint details a created realm of pervasive righteousness and abounding wisdom, where age-long life can prevail and thrive. In order to reach that goal, he needs a crew of administrators who similarly love uprightness and wisdom, and therefore willfully stay in the truth, come what may. In order to sift the bad from the good, he would need to test them. But since only evils can test the resoluteness of faithfulness, and since God himself could only inspire them with a right and true spirit, another being was needed for that unenviable task, 
an adversary whose wisdom had been compromised so as to exemplify precisely what God did not want to remain permanently within his universe. In this manner, God could conveniently educate mankind in what not to do and handily show them the consequences of heading the wrong direction. Yes, this adversary was perfect for the job. However, since God himself is completely just and wise, he would at length dispose of both this adversary and all other beings, whether angelic or human, who persisted in rebellion against his law of love and its developmental wisdom for created life. Whoever remained would by then have learned faith and obedience in the very face of temptations to commit lawlessness, persist in foolishness, and proliferate viciousness. They would be, in a word, mature in love, ready to inherit allotments prepared specially for them in God's realm of uprightness, harmony, and joy. However, in order to spare all the faithful from the fate of age-long destruction and death, that still remorselessly gripped their education process due to inheriting mortal flesh from Adam in the wake of his ban from the tree of life, God gave the devil enough rope to hang himself. The father allowed Satan to ply his viciousness against his own perfectly sinless and ever-obedient son, whose death would accordingly be unjust in the highest degree. It is this injustice that was irresistible to the adversary, whose impulses toward lawlessness by now knew no bounds. Ironically, he was ensnared by his own habit-formed vicious character into doing what comes natural to the one person whose slaying would evoke the Creator's virtually immediate counteraction, yet not by destroying the destroyer, but by reversing the crime and then supercompensating the victim with overwhelming, superabundant legal damages. Thus, the resurrection from the dead of God's own Son, crucified publicly, excruciatingly, and totally unjustly, evoked God's ultimate demonstration of his righteousness and justice, including exaltation to the throne of the created universe. Thus was the adversary's doom sealed and superabundant graciousness let loose within the created order when the promised Holy Spirit fell from heaven at that first Pentecost. This is the legacy of all who endure in trusting God and hence incline toward keeping his directives, whatever the cost. God's own spirit of holiness or wholesomeness is his surety for our ultimate inheritance of allotments in the new earth. By experiencing this taste of what is to come, if we remain faithful to God's explanation, we can endure shame, reproach, humiliation, hardship, abuse, hatred, oppression, persecution, and even painful death if necessary, with our trust intact, awaiting an inheritance sealed and all but delivered. Thus, Satan's injustice at the cross justified God in avenging Jesus by raising him from the dead, that is, by overcompensating that seemingly irreparable injury and awarding damages incalculable. This is the ultimate payoff of God's premial justice to our most worthy Savior. 
His just due included having sisters and brothers, daughters and sons of his father. In the striking words of the Apostle Paul, in him we were allotted. Ephesians 1, 11a.